your power and your glory stand in awe. We're trembling in fear. I love that song. Amen. Well, good morning. So good to see everyone. It is great to be here to worship with you during a 9 a.m. service. My name is Kendall Knight. One of my favorite songs uh, in the Bible, uh, I mean, sorry, in the songbook, Stand in Awe. It's just an amazing song. It's not in the Bible, right? It's an amazing song with so many principles. And I think for us, it's so important for us to stand in awe. Okay, Michelle, I'm trying to move this up. Oh, got to point it that way. Is that way? It is on. Is it on? No, it's not. Sorry. There we go. Awesome. There we go. Awesome. So today we're going to conclude with our study in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and 13, fix our eyes on Jesus, the final exhortations. If you're visiting with us, we've taken a study through the book of Hebrews. It's been amazing just learning about the book of Hebrews and going deep into that passage and that, that study. And I'm really grateful for the book of Hebrews. The amazing thing that I've learned from it, I feel like to me, Jordan Massey mentioned this, that the book of Hebrews is sort of like the fifth gospel. It's a dynamic book. I mean, I personally think that the writer of Hebrews, he had to be some sort of scholar. The way he tied in the Old Testament, the New Testament, today's scriptures, the Eastern religion, the Northern, whatever you want to call it, it was just a tremendous, tremendous, well-written book. And so we went through some highlights here. Man, I'm just struggling with this, Michelle. I'm, I'm thinking I need to point that way, and I'm pointing the wrong direction. So here we go. Okay, good. So Hebrew highlights. All right, so we looked at a couple of things. Jesus is superior, Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, we talked about dangerous drifting in Hebrews chapter 2. Heart checks, warnings against unbelief, Hebrews chapter 3. Living and active, the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 4. Jesus, the great high priest in Hebrews chapter 5. On to maturity, Hebrews chapter 6. Anchor for the soul, Hebrews chapter 6 and 7. Indestructible, new and better covenant, Hebrews chapter 7 and 9. And by faith, Hebrews chapter 10 and 11. Today, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look at fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to get this clicker right. I'm going to get it right. I really am going to get it right. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. Such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, I believe that that reference is from Hebrews chapter 11, the people of faith. He talks about those great cloud of witnesses, all of the folks that will be there. And it's just an amazing passage of Scripture. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I don't know about you, when I look at Hebrews chapter 12, there's this amazing crescendo of it starts out with sin, the sin that so easily entangles, and it takes us all the way through to Mount Zion, and we're going to kind of go through the passage in itself, but the sin that so easily entangles, and I thought about that for my own life, okay, and fixing my eyes on Jesus. What is the sin in my life that makes it so easy for me to get entangled? Number one, addiction. I think about addiction. I think about the challenges I had uh, and I've had with addiction to pornography. 
I think about the challenges that I've had with addiction to food. And I think about the challenges I've had with addiction to compulsive spending. Those have been the three things for me. I don't know about you, but those have been the three things. Diane and I were talking about it this morning. We were talking about just food this morning. We had a great conversation about food. I don't know if brothers have conversations that are wise about food, but I did, okay? And we talked a little bit about sugar. We went on this fast earlier this year, right? So I said, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to reduce the simple carbohydrates in my diet. I'm going to reduce donuts and cookies and sweet drinks and, and, and all the things that I'm addicted to. I said, I'm going to give it up. I'm still doing it right now. But I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, Diane and I were talking about this. It has been really, really hard. Because what happened was I went through withdrawals. And so there were periods of withdrawals. It was so bad, I went to the doctor. And I said, Doc, what's wrong with me? I've got the shakes. I was like this. I can't stand it. I'm like, can you check my blood pressure? It was 150 over 90. She said, let me take it again when you calm down. And it went back to normal. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, great. And so I don't take any blood pressure medications. I thought, okay, do I have to go on blood pressure medication? I mean, I was freaking around. It was really bad. I mean, one day I was in the house after we had a meal, and I was literally running up and down the hall. Okay, honey, I feel so hyper right now. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, the temptation to go get a donut was right there. I really wanted a donut. I wanted a sweet drink. So you got to understand, I go to, when I go to a quick trip or whatever the case may be, I'll go and I'll get me a Danish and I'll get a hot chocolate and I'll just drink that thing. And then at night I'll drink Simply Lemonade. I'll have two or three cups and then I'll have my chocolate candy at night. Man, I was just, I was just binging. And to really have to give that up and live a life of fruit and complex carbohydrates and things of that nature was really difficult. Throughout my Christian life, there's been a challenge with, you know, wanting to be impure. There's been a challenge with compulsive spending. What about you when it comes to the sin that so easily entangles? How open are we? What's really helped me is being transparent about these things in order to help me fix my eyes on Jesus. And there's a level of endurance. That is my cross. For you, what does it look like? What is your cross? What is the challenge for you? Because I got to tell you, sometimes it's really, really difficult. In Hebrews chapter 12, there's another interesting thought here. What happens is after they go through the struggles, he goes on and he talks about how God disciplines them and how they go through a period of suffering because of whatever it is they've gone through. And I can relate to that. But as he goes through God's design through Hebrews 12, through the struggles, is to really help us to grow in holiness. And I think he wants us to grow to be more and more like him. So we get to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. And the challenge with a series like this, this sermon won't do it any justice, brothers and sisters. The key is kind of go through it on your own, read it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to manage all of this in a short period of time so Sherwin won't run me off the stage. Right, Sherwin? Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So we see here we've got this sin that easily entangles. And then later on in the passage from Hebrews chapter 12, you know, verse 4 to this, to this event right here, he's, he's disciplining us and helping us to grow in our holiness. And he talks about making every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, to be set apart. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I want to comment on just peace for a second. I want to talk about that a little bit and where it can, can really impede us as Christians. 
And I thought about this this morning when I was thinking about trying to prepare this message. Well, I was already prepared with trying to preach this message. Peace. It's an election year. Peace. It's an election year. Okay, there's a lot of different people with a lot of different dynamics in here, right? Okay, and a lot of different thought processes. The thing is about peace, he says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. How do you view your politics with your brothers and sisters? Because I think that's really important. I think it's really, really important. I think sometimes things can impede us. How do we look at business interactions with our brothers and sisters? How do we look at different ideas with our brothers and sisters? It's really important that we live in peace with one another. Without, you know, without it, we're just another church. To be holy, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See through it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up. I think as a Christian, you go through a lot of periods in your life where there's a temptation to get bitter. Bitterness runs rampant. You can run bitter on some of those conversations you have with one another. You can run bitter with your financial situation. You can run bitter if you feel like you were wrong. I can remember when Diane and I were in the ministry years ago, and she was diagnosed with MS, and they just let us go. They turned it into us just being fired. And so I have these two children, a wife with MS, and I'm just sharing it with you. I'm not bitter about that at all. I'm just sharing with you. It took me a long time to work through that bitterness. And so I want to encourage us, if there's anything in your heart that's impeding your faith and impeding your spirituality, impeding your walk with God, to really grow and to really share the challenges because bitter root can cause trouble and defile many. That's one of the warnings in the book of Hebrews is to make make sure that we we are not bitter. So he goes on. He kind of goes through this whole passage. As we go through, we look at it. And I'm trying to summarize it for you here. And he gets to this point of really helping the Christians understand this bitterness, holiness, being set apart. And then finally, it gets to one of my favorite passages of scriptures, and I want to read this to us in Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says this. For if you not come to what could be touched, to a blazing fire, to darkness and gloom and storm, to to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of the words, those who heard it begged, And not another word be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. And even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. And he's talking about Mount Sinai. Verse 22, though, here's the interesting thing for us. Instead, you've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels in festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to God who is a judge of all, to the spirits of righteous made perfect, to Jesus, a mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood which speaks a better blood than the blood of Abel. Make sure that you do not reject this one. And then it goes on here in verse 27. This expression yet once more indicates the removal of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what is not shaken might remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us hold on to grace. By it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And so he goes on here and he talks about a few key things here in this passage. Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Is that exciting? I know it's, is that exciting? The city of the living God, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. An unshakable kingdom. Our God is a consuming fire. 
You know, it's interesting. I was talking to Diane about this, and as we were sharing, she was trying to help me to see the unshakable kingdom and what that looks like. And with all the things that we go through as brothers and sisters in the faith and all the things that are challenging, it will never burn up. God's kingdom will never, ever burn up. Through all the challenges, through all the struggles, we are part of an unshakable living body of Christ that will never die. It will never die. It's unshakable. It is the living God. The living Jerusalem is awesome. It's an amazing thing. Here's the thing. I am not a theologian theological person. I'm just a brother who loves the Lord. I'm just preaching the word the best way I can. But I will tell you this, we get to be a part of the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That will always be here. And I think that sometimes the thing that I've come out of this study the most is I really want to help people know more about this city. I want to bring more people to this city. I want to bring more people to this kingdom. I want to bring more people to this unshakable thing that we have, which is our God who's a consuming fire. Then there's some final exhortations in Hebrews 13. And he talks through those with us. And I want to share those with you. Let brotherly love continue. Show hospitality. Build family. Remember the prisoners. Keep the marriage bed pure. Keep life free from the love of money. God is our helper. No need to fear. Remember your leaders. Imitate their faith and pray. These are some of the things that the writer in Hebrews leaves us with. He wants us to remember these things, to understand that As brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is what he wants. And then finally, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, I want to share this with you. Now may the God of peace who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with all that is good to do his will according to us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ's glory. Belong to him forever and ever. Amen. God of peace, Jesus the great shepherd, equips us to do his will. My takeaways, fixing my eyes on Jesus, I want to grow in my personal holiness, and I want to help bring as many people as possible to Mount Zion, the unshakable kingdom. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for just all that you've given us. Lord, I pray that We can grow in our faith and grow in our righteousness, God. Thank you for the broken body of Jesus and the blood that was shed. We're really grateful for him and all that you do. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.